We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. I am Kirk Henderson. This is Pod Mavericks Group Therapy. It is about 11 o'clock. The Dallas Mavericks fell to the Minnesota Timberwolves 119 to 101, though the final score is not indicative of how the game was played. Uh, we are doing a continuation uh, for those of you watching on YouTube of, of the show that just ended about a minute ago. For those of you listening on audio streams, uh, this is the second half of the show. You can uh, pretty easily find and subscribe and join the show uh, live if you want to participate on YouTube. Just seek out Pod Maverick. It should be in the comments of the YouTube uh, chat, uh, or I'm sorry, of the the podcast like uh, you know written audio section. You can very easily find and <clears throat> subscribe. That way we we can have folks join. This is the uh, portion of the show where you as as Mavericks fans or you know Mavericks haters have the opportunity to you know click the uh, pinned um link in the youtube chat and you can come up on stage here and we can talk a little basketball jared sullivan in the chat already noticed weren't you supposed to have the night off yes i was um i am single parenting tonight but a little bit of a miracle has happened my six year or my six week old is asleep he went to sleep before the show started now i might pay for that at some point later tonight usually probably between the hours of 2 a.m. And, and 7 a.m. But if it means I can make Mavs content, I'm happy to go ahead and do it for you. Josh Bow had something come up last minute, and so I still wanted to go ahead and do something for you guys. And I, I you know, just like talking basketball. I thought that was a really interesting game. Um, so remember, go ahead and seek out the pinned comment in the chat. It's a, it's a, a link to a um, service called StreamYard. It's really easy to join. We have, you know, anywhere between five and 10 people join us in a regular show. It's a lot of fun to stay in here and hang out. Coming up first is my man, Brian, who uh, joined us the other night. And Brian, and we will do our best to not talk about Blue-Eyed Samurai immediately, but we may pivot to that a little later just uh, in our chat here. So Brian, what's going on, man? Uh, we might need to. That was more interesting than the game tonight, it, at least in the second half. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm I'm not too disappointed just because we took that Lakers win in our back pocket, so that makes it easier. But yeah, Tim just had an uncharacteristically bad game shooting the ball, and Grant, uh, we we thought that Grant was back a little too soon because he played right. well in the Lakers game or he shot the ball well in the Lakers game, and tonight he was just nothing from three. Nothing really on defense. I was just waiting to see if Kip was going to let go of the rope and, like, give Omax those minutes once he was, like, clearly staking it up. And yeah. it just never happened. And I was disappointed by that. 
The minute distribution on this is is particularly weird because, yes, it's the fourth game in seven days. You sort of know that. And it was really nice to see the Mavericks put up a hell of a fight. Not going to lie about that. It's nice to see Luka come out looking like a lunatic and just ready to go play basketball and get into fights early on. What is more interesting, though, is, is when certain guys didn't have it, like you said, kid just let them play out the string and they didn't give anybody a chance here. I mean, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six. Six guys that played 30-plus minutes. Or, uh, well, I guess Dante only played 28 minutes. But Dante should have played more minutes, A. And mm-hmm. and you got to wind down Grant's minutes a little bit. Why not, you know, turn up the spigot? You know, you're playing Marquise Morris 13 minutes in the year of our Lord, 2023. Like, that that can't be a thing. That can't be a thing. It's one of it. I, I don't have – Morris has actually played better than I thought he would have. I remember being real mad and just kind of keeping it to myself when the Mavericks signed him to that partially guaranteed deal. But you got other guys out there. Like, what's the what's the point of having, you know, a Greg Brown the third and an A.J. Lawson? I guess, you know, it, it, you're playing against a really superior team defense, and that's part of it. Um, but I, I'm just – I'm sort of confused as to what – what the Mavericks or what Jason Kidd in particular was hoping to get out of this game. I mean, I guess it was close enough for long enough um, that some of this was justified, but then when you end up getting beat by 17 or whatnot, it's like, ah, you know, maybe it would have been nice to see some of the younger guys. I don't know. I, I fry, we fry kids sometimes. I just have a hard time with it. It, it, this is one of those things where it's easier in hindsight than in the moment because they were just, they were hanging around, hanging around, hanging around. And then friggin' Nas Reed hits a billion threes. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was easy to tell in a moment because we were hanging around in spite of Grant Williams. Like he was like, Tim was bad shooting the ball and Tim wasn't good on defense, but that, you know, that's just kind of Tim. Grant, like he was actively, like, I felt like he was playing for the other team. Like it was really, really bad. Like just getting blown by over and over and over by their centers, their wings, their guards. It didn't matter. Whoever was being guarded, you could get to the rim whenever you wanted. And then you get to the other end. They were six, seven, eight feet off of him, two feet in the paint. And he just wasn't making them pay. And it's like, all right, Jason, you got to make a switch, brother. You can, Like I get you on the line, your vets, but come on, man. He's not giving you anything. The Morris twin, I, I could see going to him for at least a little bit because he was good in both of the last two games. But you can tell pretty early on with him whether he's got it or not. And three minutes in, you could tell he didn't have it. It was time to go to Omax. It was time to give Greg Brown a couple of minutes, especially once Lively started getting beat up in the paint. Like, he held his own and actually kind of outplayed Rudy, which was really impressive. But after a certain point, man, we couldn't get a defensive rebound. We couldn't close possessions. And that's on top of already not being able to, like, hit outside shots. If we didn't get to the paint, we didn't score tonight unless it was like Luka. The Mavericks haven't had a shooting game quite like that. It's been a couple of weeks. It, it They just have enough good shooters to where somebody gets something to go down. And they just – Tim Hardaway over for 7. My goodness, what a brutal, brutal performance in that regard. Um, man, I just I, – I, I kind of agree with this comment in the chat. I think I do agree with that. I showed it a little bit. Jared Sullivan says, Mavs lost to a pretty healthy team with the best record in the league while missing their second best player and two other mm-hmm. rotation guys after three games in four days. If there's such a game or such a thing as a good loss, it's this. I tend to agree, though. I think uh, we have another guy in the chat, Fan123, who would probably tell you, like, if anything, though, that's a reminder. This team is really good, and maybe they need to go make a move for somebody now so they can stop, you know, putzing around. Yeah, kind of. Like, I tweeted before the game, like, as soon as I saw who was active and who wasn't, and, you know, once it was made official, I was like, yeah, the Minnesota's fully healthy. We're down one of our stars and three other rotation players. Like, win or lose, that's what I'm coming right back to as soon as this game is over to help keep perspective because that's what happened. Right. But, yeah, I actually kind of got the same feeling. Like, the way that we played and kept pace with them, it made me feel like, okay, maybe this team isn't that far off. This is not a contender, but maybe we aren't as far off, like based on how well Lively is playing compared to like what expectations were at the start of the season and how good Luka looked, how good Kyrie has looked in stretches and how good Derek Jones is, even when he isn't able to contribute offensively, like what he's able to do for us defensively, how much that helps. Mm -hmm. Like all of those factors put together, like we're really just – a big wing, like a four that can kind of hold their own on the boards, really, because that, that's really all we kind of need. Like, it, 
a lot of this comes down to the fact that, okay, when Grant isn't hitting threes and just like crushing the other team from behind the three-point arc, it's really, 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 really easy to see just how small he is. Yeah. He's super strong, but dude, being six, playing the power forward against Carl Anthony Towns, it is, it is tough business, and it makes almost everything harder for us on both ends when we're trying to rebound against two seven footers, or get to the paint against two seven footers. And yeah, he he just didn't have it tonight in a way that kind of killed us. And it was also just kind of disappointing to see. Like I get riding things out with Tim because of how good he's been this year, but it sucks because Jaden actually started the the game really well. He had a three and then a really tough uh, bucket right through Gobert's chest at the rim. I think he made a mistake right after that, but he had a good enough start to the game where I'm like, okay, maybe you kind of ride this out with him if nobody else can hit shots and see if he can just get hot and keep you in the game. And kid just kind of never went back to that. And it, you know, we just kind of got sunk in the end by that point. But I'm, I'm still encouraged by how well we played against this team despite all the guys we were missing. So, so let me ask you a hater question. Mm-hmm. Do you miss Do you miss Josh Green at all? Not in the slightest. Yeah, that's 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 kind of the guy. I think they it, it, can you can we trade him? This is where I need my man Scott uh, CBA Mavs, who who is who is living his real life, which is why he hasn't been able to help that much. Uh, but I need him to explain when we can move Josh because I think I right think now. be a good player. I, I actually do think Josh can be a good player. I don't think he's ever mm-hmm. going to be a good player with this team. It, it, he needs the ball a little too much. He's never going to get it. Um, oh, it. it so yeah, once we trade for Kyrie, it just made things difficult for yeah. the kind of role that he can have on his team, yeah. and how much he can have the ball, and the kind of opportunities he's going to get, and the kind that he needs mm-hmm. really to develop into what he can be. Uh, he can be traded right now. It's a poison pill deal, so it'll be yeah. four mil outgoing for us, eleven mil incoming for the. So other you'd team. have to wait till next year for it to be like a dollar for dollar kind of deal when it's when he's actually making the thirteen million a year, or whatever it is. Yeah, but you could do it right now. It's easy, man. I've been in this trade machine so much in the last two months. I'm a ma- I can tell you every single place that Josh Green can be traded, who he can be traded for, and, and what. It's can a come shame back because like I've I've, I've, I've sort of settled on the fact that I, I I know. It's just I'm watching like tonight's game, and at no point I'm I did did, did the thought cross my mind. Hey, you know what? This game could use Josh Green. It just yeah. it didn't. Uh-huh. That that's not wasn't the thing because he. It's like the Mavericks have a bunch of guys who are all pretty good at some stuff. And if they're not working, it's not like, I don't know, I'm not really making sense because it's like you got Josh Green, you have um, Dante Axum, you have Grant Williams, you mm-hmm. have uh, Derek Jones Jr., who's probably the tallest of those four. Yes. Um, limited, like, wingy, guardy, very, like, sort of, I don't know what you want to call them, like, uh, tweener guys that can play lots of different positions, but none of them are particularly stand out. And and Exum has has with his ability to handle and make decisions has shown to be the best. Like I th- I think he's the third heat with with the guards that the Dallas Mavericks use. Yeah, um, Spencer way. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, like the way Spencer is very different from Brunson and Luca. But mm-hmm. I, I see Green, and it's like you know Green's a shooting guard who guards forwards sometimes, but doesn't really guard anybody particularly well. There's Grant, who I I do agree with. I give I'm very hard on Grant, but when he plays defense, it's like, oh, okay, that's why that's why Grant is doing the things. He just needs to hit the occasional shot. Derek Jones Jr. has obviously been a revelation with Luca. And then I just I don't know. I I think it would make the most sense to try to to trade Green. I just don't. I feel I feel very very kind of sad about it all because he was coming into his own, and then he gets hurt for like the fourth time in a weird way. I don't know. Maybe he comes back and shoots the ball like gangbusters, which is what he did last year. Like he came back and really looked amazing. Um, but the, right. the season was lost at that point. Yeah, that was like going into what the the Utah games, something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, I'm I'm not too sad about it, but only because from the start of the season, uh, or going even back into like the summer, I knew if we were going to give him this extension, and I was hoping that we would give it to him, and eventually we did. Mm-hmm. We, I waited too long to do it. I knew we were giving him this extension just so that we could have extra money on the back end of his contract so that we could trade him. Like, he's kind of always been – as soon as the Kyrie trade was made, like I said, he's been the odd duck out. That, that's just kind of what it is. It's not really an ideal role for him on this team. Right. And it'd be much easier for him to find it elsewhere and us to try and recoup value for in, in, in the form of, like, a player who better fits what yeah. this roster needs. And that – that's just kind of always what it was going to be to me. So I'm just enjoying the 
Josh Green good performances that we get while we have him, and then when he's gone, salute him for his service. But that's how the business goes. Well, Brian, you're the man for for helping me kick off this show. I think this um, the the folks who are talking to me about how the algorithm and stuff works within YouTube, it makes sense to transition from one show to another just because we keep the number of viewers in here. But I think mm-hmm. we're also less likely to have the same kind of gang of of folks who wants to come up and talk basketball because I mean the barrier for entry of being on screen in front of people is like really off putting. Um, I get it, and I'm glad that you're helping me out. I really appreciate talking ball. It's also just fun. Um, we got, you know, some other folks that have joined in the meantime and we're going to, we're going to get to them, but I always really, really appreciate you, um, coming up. Um, you know, if you ever want to write anything, you, you shoot me a, a message and Mavs Money Bowl would probably publish it. So, uh, brother, you flatter me, but thank you. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, I'm going to, I don't mean to almost press ban from the studio. That's the <laughs> wrong button. All right. Uh, my friend Simon is coming up next. Simon, what are you doing tonight? How's, how's it going? Kirk, I appreciate you bringing me on and I, you know, being the second guest because I know you know that I'm on East Coast time. And so I, I did, my, I did. And you're my, out there. You're, you're out there in Washington, DC, where yeah. they're they're about to lose their minds. The city of, of, of DC is because the the Washington Wizards arena, are they looking like we don't need to talk about this, but they're looking about building yep. an arena in Virginia, and it's like causing a national crisis. Like the Washington it's amazing, yeah, and that's awesome. where I used to live. It's just it cracks me up so much that that yeah. that's an option. Any, yeah. but anyway, how, what, what do we think yeah. about these maps? What are you thinking, uh, dude? Well, I well, yeah. On on that point, real quick, and then I'll get to the map. So sure. I live in Arlington. Um, so you know, and my grandmother lives in Springfield. So that three ninety five uh, trip south in the afternoon is, is is about to be a lot more arduous uh, if <laughs> if that goes through. Um, all right. Back to the Mavs, um, you know, like you know, I think the last time I talked to you was after the Houston game, maybe. Um, you know, so I can, you know, I hop on every now and then. Um, I, I want to start on a positive note, and just two things that I like, and then I'll get to the stuff I don't like. Sure, please, yeah, let's um, do it. So, I think we have a large enough sample size to say that uh, Derek Lively has been better as a rookie than any. Uh, Mavs fan could have reasonably expected, um, which is which is huge. I mean, he, I think he's you know he's probably going to make the All Rookie Team at this point. If he you know if he took a straw poll twenty something games into the season, you know, obviously I think Victor and Chet, you know, and, and, and these teams aren't um, you know they're not chosen by position, and then you would probably have. Uh, Asar from Detroit and Haquez from uh, Miami, and then Lively probably would probably be the fifth guy. And him and Chet are the only ones. Or, I mean, I guess Haquez too. Um, you know that are contributing to, to to winning teams. And as you've stated so many times, you know, over the years, it's just nice to have somebody out there that's big and that has size and athleticism and. You know, versus like a Dwight Powell who was who was constantly giving up inches to like somebody like Gobert. Um, so, you know, I can't say enough about Lively. He he's been better than I think anybody could have expected up to this point of the season. I mean, we really didn't know if he was even going to be ready to play NBA basketball. Uh, you know, come, coming into the season as a rookie, given that you know he averaged what five points a game last year at Duke. We, we really didn't know what to expect, but I think he's been yeah. better uh, in the aggregate than anybody could have expected. So that that's a positive development. He and was hope, somehow seventh know, he on the on NBA rookie ladder that was published this week. And it's like, what, what is how, what, like yeah. what get, they, they have a saw Thompson who's kind of been pulled from the rotation. It's so weird. Hey, keep talking. If I happen to disappear and go off screen, it's because I can see my child uh, crying yeah. in his bassinet and I'm going to go get him and he's going to come join the show. Hey, keep telling me your second point though. I'll be right, right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, you and you talk. Luca. Uh, yeah. So Luca's free throws, um, you know, that's kind of been a bugaboo uh, in his in his career and the season. But it seems like the last five, six, seven, to ten games, you know, the way it looks to me is, you know, he's obviously been shooting a higher percentage, but it looks like he's made a mechanical tweak on his free throws, where, you know, he he he's not dipping the ball as much and he's not bringing it 
behind his head uh, as much as he's done in the past. He, he, he's short in motion, and, he, and he's cashing in on his free throws. Um, so that's that's a very very positive development, and I and and I'd love to see it. So that's well, I agree with everything you just said, way. even though I didn't hear any of it. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is right. this is fantastic. Okay. Sorry about that, by the way. No, I was just talking about Lucas free throws. Oh yeah, um, really? Isn't that but, something? That's just a delight. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, what, what I was saying earlier, and, I, and I'm sorry for everybody who else is listening. I have to repeat myself, but um, I'm just saying, it looks like he, he's made a mechanical tweak. He, he made a mechanical tweak. He's shortened his motion. Um, you know, it, it's more it's more point A to point B, and you know, there's le- there's there's less hitching, and you know, because like when you shoot free throws, the more I mean, as you know, you play basketball. Um, the more you know, the more motion you have in it the more more room there is to, to, to for the shot to go wayward yeah you seem to tighten that up so that's a great that's a great development no that's very um, positive you're right okay. about that very positive and i hope it continues okay um a couple things uh regarding the game tonight number one you know i the i think you talked about this with ben earlier um, there was the play in the first quarter where Luke is driving the basket. I can't, I can't remember if it was McDaniels or who was guarding him. Um, but, you know, he, he clearly gets slapped on the arm. There's no call. And he says something to the ref, and the ref tees him up. I mean, that, I mean, that has to be, like, uh, able to be reviewed by the league as a, as a complete non-call. And the guy gets frustrated over uh, an obvious miscall. And gets, and gets so, so get this. So, so sometimes yeah, I, I have some, I have some, what they, what they talk to the refs about after a question, what did Lucas say that caused this, the first quarter technical to be called the referee after a no call Luca overtly gestures by hitting his hand multiple times while yelling, call the foul and aggressively walking toward the official. Like, get the fuck out of here. Grow up. This is not uh, yeah, a, like, I know. what What are we, like, what are we doing? Like, granted, he needs to stop some of that what shit. Are we doing? But it's like, don't, don't tee him up. Tell, like, no, I pull agree. aside and, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. No, I agree. And and I think, I think that, that could have been an incident where his reputation preceded him and hurt Absolutely. Him in terms of his complaining. Yeah, it, right. But, but, you know, and, and I've said, and I've kind of been on the same, uh, point that you've been on in terms of he, he needs to cut it out he needs to you know he needs to be, but in that situation he was he was right um oh yeah you know, it's like they say you know never believe a, never believe a liar even was telling the truth well it just it feels um, like there's some emphasis but, this year yeah. with the league where it's like hey let's let's really cut out the disrespect of officials and the way you cut out disrespect of officials it's quit fucking up officials that's how this happens better, better officiating be that's, better. That's gonna lead you won't be disrespected all the time. The next point was there. There was the three that they took away. Um, it was like there was like two minutes left in the first quarter. Luffy goes to the left. He hits a step back three, and then after the quarter ends, they review it and they, then they say he was out of bounds and they take it away. I mean, I, I don't know what what the 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 protocol is in that situation, but I mean, what so like. It, it, like the end of the quarter, you can just review any any play that happened at any point in the quarter and and reverse yeah. it. Like like, I, I I don't I don't I don't understand that. I mean, that was, Review's that, a mess, that's man. Just, that's just I know. It's just know. ridiculous. Yeah, and they and and they fuck up the game and they they take and it. Sorry, excuse my language. I don't um, care. I curse all the time. Yeah, I know, but I don't. But I know you have. A, I know you have a baby. So I don't oh yeah, know, yeah. He's six weeks old. He doesn't know what the word fuck means. He's fine. <laughs> um okay now like kind of now those were just kind of my points on the game tonight now kind of on to the bigger picture stuff so with luca um and it, 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 i don't know why it bothers me so much because he he seems to be doing this thing where he'll get it's hard to complain about the game tonight, except for the turnovers. But obviously, you know he's making great passes, and and, and, and you know other guys aren't hitting shots and whatever. He's but still finished he thirteen assists. Con- he's finished with thirteen assists. He made great passes. He played a great he played a great floor game as he always does. Um, but there there are so many times where he he where 
he gets to the paint and he has like an open three to five footer and then he and then he just whips a pass the court to either like Derek Jones or Grant Williams for like a contested three. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't seem to be the optimal um, the optimal decision there, you know. It's it, I don't know if he's like scared of getting blocked or if Rudy. You know, I, I Rudy think Gobert that's the there, yeah, but. that's the that's the Gobert element for me. He but he's gotten better about that, but that is definitely the Gobert element for me. But it's you know he did it tonight, but he but he's bet but he's been doing it all season. Where you know last year and then especially in nineteen twenty year two, where he was just like and I brought this one before where he's attacking the rim with abandon. That's when he's playing his best, sure. um, and he just you know and he and he and he's still he's still touching the paint, uh, probably just as frequently. But 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 those those paint touches don't seem to be, um, you know, with the intent of going in and finishing and then making the adjustment once the help comes. It seems to be like okay, he's touching the paint, but it's almost like he, you know, the first option is to, is to try for a cross court pass. Uh, you know, for a quarter three, when that should be, sure. that should be the second option. Um, as far as the turnovers go, you know, obviously as much as he handles the ball, he's going to turn it over some. Um, but, you know, I mean, like sometimes he throws passes like what I do when I'm playing pickup, you know, and I don't really care. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to try to nutmeg a guy here. I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up behind the back. But like in the NBA, like these, you know, these fucking possessions, like they matter. And, and in the, and, and in the aggregate, um, they hurt the team. Now, as far as Dallas overall and, and, and Jason Kidd coaching, like, I mean, Luca probably has to set the record, you know, for most times being doubled at half court. Uh, that seems to be a strategy that other teams are increasingly employing um, when he's when he's bringing the ball up. Now, when Kyrie Irving on the court, um, you know, playing that four on three style when Luca's giving it up at half court. And you know, letting everybody else go to work, that probably works a lot better. But when Kyrie's not out there and it's lively who has to make the decision and lively to his credit, uh, you know, he's you know, he's he's a pretty good passer for his age and his and his position. Um, but there doesn't seem to really be any adjustment from the coaching staff or from Luca um when that when that defense kind of bogs the Mavericks offense down, except for the occasional Luka Pelusa. So I don't, you know, aside from Kyrie just getting back and healthy, I don't know what the strategic. They, there's some, there's some stuff um, they haven't even bothered to break out yet offensively. And I think that will start to come if, mm-hmm. but they're not playing this team every night. Like there's certain teams they can break and they don't need to, to bust out the fine, the fine China. Um, but I understand what you mean. Mm-hmm. Cause there's just times where it like, Man, can we get an easy bucket? Can we do something? Where's the easy button for this offense? And that that sometimes can be very. It just doesn't exist. Right. So. Well, it's a, it's yeah. There's the easy button, but there's also just like kind of the you know the just basic adjustment. Like I mean, I know Luca ha- has to have the ball most you know most of the time, especially when Kyrie's not out there. But like I, I, I don't know, I don't know what it would be. But maybe like you know, I mean, Exum you know, seems perfectly capable of, of transporting the ball from point A to point B. That's that that I think is your they answer need, and they need to do it more. Yeah. 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 They need to yeah and, and they would need to do it more. Um and I've said it hard away I just really have no um you know I know you know against the Lakers he, he really you know, he made shots and, and he was a big part of that win but I just really have no um particular taste for the way that he plays basketball i understand so i do that's that's just a personal preference um but that's uh that's really all i got simon you're the man for for joining us late you enjoy your friday uh and hopefully we'll talk at some point in the next couple of days when we do another one of these all right We'll, we'll talk soon man all right later Okay. Um, once again, sorry for everyone for having to deal uh, with, with me for 30 seconds while I sprinted upstairs to grab the child. He is back asleep now, but when they make these these noises in their sleep, it's very off-putting. All right, we're going to let a show legend join. Uh, one of my first green room callers way back when we were doing audio only. Uh, this will be my first time seeing him face-to-face. Really appreciate uh, him joining the show. Mr. Doe Dang, how you doing, my guy? What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Kurt? Congratulations yeah. on the newest member of your family. Thank you. Every day is an adventure. Um, yeah. I, 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 
I was really proud of myself because I got him to go to sleep by like he fell asleep on his own. And then he woke up on his own uh, in the middle of this. I was hoping I could buy at least an hour because we're kind of at the hour mark right now. I got 45 minutes. That's better than I could have expected. So what's going on? Well, you know, um, I wish they would play Omax more at least 10 minutes mm. a game because the biggest thing that you pointed out and a, a bunch of other uh, users have pointed out is, you know, size is an issue that we have. And, you know, spending that extra time to try to develop them, it's, I think it's worth it. It might hurt us a little bit in the beginning, but overall in the course of a season, you know, it's something that we can control because we can't control trades right now. Right. You know, most of the development we have has to be within the roster that we have. You know, and if you look at all the, the best teams, they all have size. If you look in the East, you know, the top two teams, uh, top three teams, Boston has size. Uh, Philly has size. You know, uh, Milwaukee has size. Then you look at the West. It's the same thing. You know, you got Denver has size. You have uh, the team we played in, not Minnesota, has size. You know, so the only way we can counter that, I think, is if we, you know, try to develop Omax, you know, a little bit more because, you know, he might not be a power forward, but he has a whole lot more length than uh, most of the other forwards. We he's have he's so much bigger when he's on the court. It's just it's very apparent that he is a big person relative to the other players that we have. Oh, yeah. And, and then we have enough firepower and offense of, you know, we could sacrifice a little bit for developing him because, you know, of his defense and his length, you know? Yeah. Well, and when he was hitting shots like he did, which game was it? It wasn't the Lakers. It was Memphis. Memphis. That was fun. Like, you know, he started out and he like almost killed someone with the broad side of the, the backboard kind of shot. And then he hit three. It was nice. It's fun. So it is, you know, the energy that he brings, you know, is really contagious too, you know? So it'd be yeah. nice to see. But just like the other user said, we have a glut of guards, you know. Uh, we need to trade them away. It, it, it might be tough to, to to package up Green and Hardy in a first-round pick. But if we want to move up, you know, to be a top-half team to compete against these larger teams, I think that's the only way to go. Or we have to wait another for another offseason to either pick up a free agent. Did I not yeah. call Nas Reed last year? You know, I said we need to Yeah, but he – <laughs> It's tough because like the Mavericks did have a pretty, like they didn't have the space to sign him into. So that, you know, it's like, that's where acquiring guys, like getting a guy like, uh, so they have Exum right now. So not, they don't just have him for one year. They have him for two. And then when that second year is up, I don't necessarily think they would have bird rights or anything on him, but he's already with your team. And if he's happy with you and you have the ability to overpay him, maybe you get to keep him. That's where like the, the, you know, they've done a good job this year of cycling in kind of these, these, these veterans who can actually play as opposed to veterans who can take up space. So it's, I'm looking for, you know, the front office has done a good job, but you don't rebuild Rome in a day. And the size thing is going to continue to hurt them. I don't really know what to do about it um, this year. I just think there's going to be games. Like, frankly, I thought this is a game where the Mavericks are going to get waxed and that they didn't is pretty great. Um, I mean, they did in the end, but you know, that didn't have, you know, it wasn't like it was a 20 point blowout in the second quarter. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, I mean, they've made major steps. And I think it's because Cuban has really finally let the reins go and let Nico and Michael Finley really do their jobs. And that, that new consultant, too. I mean, that was a brilliant pickup. I mean, Dennis Lindsay. I, I, yeah, for yeah. sure. I mean, I think the Exxon move was definitely all his, you know, based on his think, suggestion. You're right, because he was a jazz guy. No, I think oh, yeah. you're right. That's, an, that's a good call. I hadn't yeah. thought about that. But, uh, you know, I'm very pleased so far, you know, of, of the season that we've had. There's no way that I could have predicted that they'd be, you know, at this rate of wins versus losses. You know, I was thinking maybe 500 to start the season, you know, and maybe get in the sneak in, you know, in sixth slot before we don't have to do the play in. But, you know, if we can continue the rate that we have beat the teams that we need to beat, and then, you know, split with the better teams, then I think we'll have a successful season. You know, it's something to build upon. That's right, my man. Thanks so thanks so much for, for uh, joining the new format. I, I'm glad you're, you're here. I hope you come back at some point. I definitely will. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate you and Josh doing these things. You know, I know you all have a lot going on, and, you know, it's it's great that you all allow us to vent. Especially yeah, it's fun. Losses. That's right. That's right. All right, man, we'll talk soon. Have a good one. All right, take care. I, uh, there's some, there's a good comment in the chat from, um, Darko. Um, I don't, 
I don't want to butcher his last name because there's some uh, I don't want to just basically don't want to mess it up. But Darko in the in the chat says, you know, we have the best first man, meaning Luca, and the best six man. And all I hear is trade THJ. Trading him is not the right step, in my opinion. Darko, I will say every time the Mavericks lose, we want to trade THJ. That's just kind of a that's just kind of a thing. Um, well, well, I don't know if I, I really don't think the Mavericks ever will trade THJ. Um, all right. So coming up next, we got my man, Harold, and then we're going to close out with Krishna unless anybody else wants to come talk. If anybody wants to come talk, go ahead and hit that. Uh, there's a link and I'll actually share it again. Uh, it's a StreamYard link. You can come in here. You know, if you have a phone, if you're in front of your computer, it's really easy to do. Um, and it's fun to come uh, talk basketball with me. So coming up next is Harold. How you doing, Harold? That's hey, two Kirk. shows in a row for you. Look at, look yeah, at, look at that. I'm frustrated again. So like last night, I was frustrated about a comment somebody made and the whole Tim Hardaway Jr. thing is just, it's just triggering me, brother. You know, it's just triggering me. So here's the deal. I, I can remember a couple of years ago, if you recall, I was, I was actually talking to you and, um, you know, you were really saying that uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., that we have, what is it, like nine months or whatever, years of, of, um, of knowledge that he his three-pointer is just no good and yes he shot the three-pointer well for a little while for us but he's just not somebody that that's that we should we should trade him basically and his trade value had gone to almost nothing at that point yeah. um and i was telling you you know no he's he's valuable he's very valuable um he'll he's gonna be good for us but now people are getting carried away <laughs> Okay, like they're they're acting like he's indispensable to the team, and what what I'm saying is that he's very valuable. He's still valuable to us, um, but he should not be somebody who's playing over thirty minutes a game. He he, he I never wanted him to be. I didn't want him to play five minutes. That's too little, and th over thirty minutes is too much. He gets hot. He gets hot, and we we know this, right? And yeah. Luca will will kick it out to him. And boy, he gets hot and we all get super impressed and amazed by him. Do you think we so. should have kind of like the dot, like what I was proposing last year with the Davis Bertans rule, which was like, have like an X number of shot minimum, where if he goes like one of his first four, you yank his ass out of the game. But if he hits an easy one, because it's just like when, when Tim just goes from hot to cold, like, and, or he goes from cold to hot like that, where it's just like, uh, I, yeah. One thing I, I, I am curious about your take on, though, is I, I, I've, I've sort of settled on the fact that I think where Tim's value lies in the fact that he's willing to take the shitty shots. Who would you who would you have replace him on that? Because I, I, I can't handle another Lucas step back into the diet. Do you just think it's, it's like more Kyrie, more, you know, Dante Exum getting a little more freelancey? What would you like to see if they happen to move on from Tim? Well, well, clearly Kyrie can take the shitty shot. There's no doubt of that from Luca. I mean, he, he can definitely do that. He's he's great at that. But he might be the only person that might be able to get Grant when in the, early in the year he was able to like release really fast. But we know Kyrie can do it. That's for right. sure. Um, okay, so but here's the thing: is that like you 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 guys know like in 2022 when we went that second half of the year when we were playing 700 ball. Remember you were saying like they played 700 ball. Do you realize how good that is for half a season, right? It was Tim Hardaway Jr. was nowhere on nowhere the team. Nowhere to be found. That's a good point. Yeah. He nowhere. Was, he's not indispensable. Yeah. He, he, he's not. And then he was not – he did not exist for us in the playoffs. We went to the Western Conference Finals. If Tim Hardaway Jr. hit every single three-pointer that he attempted tonight, if he went seven for seven, his plus minus tonight would still have been minus nine, okay? Even if he was hot as hell. The, for Against certain teams, he really he's, – he's a small guard. I mean, six foot five. He, he does not play defense, okay? So if he is not hitting his three-pointers, he's completely useless, completely now he, he does yes it's great that he takes the shots it's great but it's um i i really think that there used to be a guy and this is probably before anybody's time here because i'm 49 uh played for the detroit pistons okay in uh, the late 80s his name was vinnie johnson sure. and his nickname was the microwave okay because he can get hot and shoot but he wasn't a defensive player that was a defensive team but he wasn't a great defensive player. He would come in and he would be a spark to the team. And right. so I, I think he's clearly better than Davis Bertans because Bertans, I mean, 
He's right, there's, a little, there's a little there was more to Davini's game than just shooting. It was scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and especially both back hard. then, you know, three pointers weren't valued as much back then. So yeah, he would do a lot more. Um, but I just think that Tim should be used as a spark plug, but that the team should be focused on our offensive, the offensive genius of Kyrie, Luca, throw it in the live, hit your three pointers, play good defense. And let Tim come in and shoot some three pointers. But the point is, is that we he is valuable. He's viewed as valuable around the league, and we we really do need to get that bigger, more of an inside presence to help Lively out. Um, and we we I really don't think we need Tim. Okay, it, it, his spectacular shooting at times is I think hypnotizing us and blinding us to the overall team play that I think can, you know, that we need um, to get to where we want to get to. I do unfortunately think that if you trade Timmy, you actually trade him to a team that's better than you right now. Like you take like, cause most contending teams want shooters. So I think that's a little bit of a challenge of like who, if you're trading him to somebody, you're trading him to a team and probably getting back somebody a little more developmental, um, which in some cases people are really interested in. I mean, I like younger players. I'm just, I, it's sort of, you've mentioned to me a couple of times when we've talked offline about how you think this is a team that, that with the right move could be a true contender. I just don't see them to be, to be able to become one without, because they do need the big, like the big is obvious. Like when you're playing Dwight Powell, once again, it's just, it's like, (sighs) I I just am very curious uh, if you think there's anybody out there that they could go reasonably get. Well, not, not necessarily a, a big, um, you know, I, I just another, think another that, forward or guard then. Is there anybody that you like? Uh, I mean, you know, I, I love like Anunoby, but I just don't sure. think he'll be available. Um, that, that I'd GM have to look. Is, ugh, he's like the guy in your fantasy football league who will n- yeah. never accept trades. And I think that somebody like Mikhail Bridges is, is going to so just new too many first round draft picks. I don't oh. think we have. So, um, so I, I'd have to look at, you know, what else is out there. But I, I just, we, if, if we can use Tim Hardaway Jr. and just understand that his role is not to be a, a primary option on this team, it, it's, it's something like, you know, a lot of people are overrated because they do spectacular things. Sure. Like, for example, I think Steph Curry is overrated historically, okay? I think he's the greatest shooter I've ever seen. I can say that, too. He's the greatest shooter I've ever seen. But yet I do think he's overrated historically where people are wanting to put him in the top 10. And I would never, like I could name 15 people historically I'd rather have over Steph Curry. However, his shooting is so spectacular that it just blows people's minds. And then the same thing that happens with Kobe Bryant. He, boy, he looks a lot like Michael Jordan. Therefore, he must be like top five too. And he's not. So anyway, just the point is some people are overrated. And because they do one thing spectacularly, and I think Tim Hardaway is overrated, and we should be open to trading him and not be afraid because we still have Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, you know, Derek Lively, and we're we're we are a good team. So let's let's just let go of the Tim Hardaway obsessions, guys. But not you, Kirk. I love you. Thanks so much for (laughs) staying up late to talk to me. All right. All right, man. Take care. Talk soon. All right, uh, I, I got to read this this quote because this is just beautiful trolling. Uh, before I, before we close out with Krishna, um, Rudy Gobert was asked about uh, about Draymond Green, and he said, "I have empathy for him. You see somebody that's not well inside and suffering. You take away the game and all that, and you want somebody to be well and be able to do what we do every night and compete and be happy." I'm sorry. I'm, maybe I'm just being a prick here, but to me that that's that's Rudy Gobert saying, "Oh, bless his heart." I, I just and there's a, a a writer that I follow, Jay Caspian Kang. Um, he's not doesn't look like he's writing for anybody right now, but he had a quote earlier. It said, "So the NBA decided to frame all this Draymond stuff as an as a mental health thing." <laughs> Man, there's this whole mental health washing phenomenon that should be talked about with appropriate sensitivity. Why wasn't it mental health when he stomped on Sabonis's chest? Man, I'm just so glad we don't have to deal with that thing. There's all these like weird, like, what if the Mavericks traded for Draymond Green? Like, I'm sorry, Draymond Green is 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 washed. He is washed. 
We and plus, like, and I mean this seriously, we have like there's a one asshole rule on the team. We have one asshole. His name is Luka Doncic. We don't need another one. All right, coming up next, Krishna. Oh, Kirk, please, please keep Draymond Green away from the Malice Mavericks far away as possible. I mean, he brings a lot of intangibles, but it's just like this man has here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's some I, crazy shit this season. I, I don't I don't think he's completely washed. I think he's a good defender, but he's lost that physical strength that he had when he was much younger sure and he's still good he's still smart enough to play on the defensive end of the on the ball he still has the offensive knowledge to be a you know to, to be like a a holding a passing big right right but he's he's lost the physical element that he had that that let him play so well against guys who are way stronger way bigger than him and God, that that tweet it still makes me mad. I it, it shows to me at least how much Drake like names now. I agree with Harold in one point. Names become more rated than what players actually are in situations. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't agree with him on the Steph Curry take. I still think oh, it's a fight, but I, I get where he's going for. I get where he's coming picture. from. Yeah, I, I get what he's coming from. Um, the the part I just would disagree is that Steph Curry's like the longevity of his shooting and the the level of a shooting is so unforeseen. It's it's a great it's a great sports it's, talk take. I love it. It's a great it, take. It, just, it, provokes, I, you know, it provokes conversation. I would never say uh, don't have that take. I just personally don't have it. Um, that's that's just all. But I, I get what he's saying, right? Like it, to me, that's how I feel about Draymond. Where I think Draymond in his prime, when the Warriors played peak team basketball, where Steph wasn't really a point guard in the sense that he did Steph way more off ball. And Draymond was the guy who, you know, set screens and was really positive in getting Draymond the open shots. Right. Getting Steph open shots. Yes, I would agree. Draymond was in his prime then. But since then, he's slowed down, which is, you know, inevitable. And he's become increasingly more frustrated, I think, with this inevitability. And he's tried to play more physical, but in a way, I think that's held back. Enough of Draymond. I don't want to talk about that too much. Okay. Um, well, wait, yeah. look, we're, we're an hour into the show. Let's get weird. What did you think about the game tonight? I mean, I, you know, this was kind of like the Laker game where I thought, okay, going in, yeah, we're going to get, um, you know, we're probably going to lose pretty badly. And you know, I missed the most of the first half, but I came in during the third quarter. And you could just see it. This team was kind of just exhausted. Um, four games where you had to basically play down to the, well, three games where you played down to the wire. And the thing I still take away from all of this is there's effort, right? And yep. the one thing I'm still going to take away is hopefully you consistently see effort and excuse me, as guys get healthier, you hope that that effort still continues. But this is, this is a team where this is clearly a team, just a bad matchup for the Mavericks. You talked about it last night with Josh or the night before. That's just a team that's way too large for the Mavericks. Like you're playing, they had a lineup, I think at one point of Rudy Gobert, Cat. And Nas Reed as their five, four, and three. That's that amazing. A, that is a stupid lineup. Like that is a lineup straight out of the eighties. That is legitimately a lineup out I mean, of the Nas Reed is just it's like Doe Doe was on the show a little bit ago and he was talking about Nas Reed last year. It's like that's just the kind of guy that the Mavericks can never ever get. Because they don't, it, it, I don't know enough about Reed's yes. history, but it's just he's so he he would be the he would be like a starter on 20 teams in the league he just would yeah well but the thing is minnesota has those players because they've been bad for so many years right like that's the thing you i don't think people easily forget but really good teams are really bad for a long long time like mm-hmm. it's, it's very rare for teams to have sustained periods of success for a long time right like you think about the Chicago Bulls, they were so dominant in the 90s, but in, even in the 80s, they were not a great team. And now you've seen it. They've not been a great team since, realistically, other than, the obviously, the stint with D. Rose. And right. Have, there's there's no team that is that dominant for that long. And so Nas Reed is a byproduct of that team having so many bites at the apples because the Timberwolves recently have been a much better drafting team with Cat and Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels and so on and so on and so on. But they were that because they drafted so poorly for the yep. longest time where they they passed over Steph Curry twice in one draft with two picks like that. That happens because you just mess up so many times. And I don't, I don't want to say you get lucky, but at some point you just make the right decisions. And 
I get it, right? I'm not saying Nas specifically, but I'm saying players like Nas Reed, you get right. over time because you just have so many bites at the apple, and you get a UDFA. Kubler notes in the chat: the Wolves got got Nas as a as an undrafted right. free right. agent, not I, because I they're bad. Myself. I should correct yeah. myself. Nas, maybe not Nas. They they have they have a a a they have a lot of just like. I mean, talent. And then they went all in yeah. with Rudy Gobert and they got, uh, um, who's my and, guy out of Ohio State? Mike Conley. Mike Conley. Who yeah, and, I, do I it, wanted, do yeah. They, they've just done a lot of good team building things that have come together in a positive way, in a way where it's like the Mavericks have never had those kind of bites at the apple because they've not valued the draft. We've talked about no. that for three years. No, and, and the reason you got Conley and Gobert is because you had picks and you had players that the the that the, the Jazz viewed as valuable, who then they flipped later on, right? Mm. And so I get what you're saying. Yeah, Nas was a UDFA, but how do you get really good UDFAs? Well, you prove that you have one space yeah, you on your scout. roster. Yeah, you, you scout. Yeah, you make offers. You space on your roster, and you yeah. give players opportunity. Um, and it's not that I don't think the Mavericks have never done it. I think probably one of the most successful stories of that is DFS, but it's like one sure. out of many. And I think it's no, a we got to do it better. I mean, like that's where like our, we were mad about Bain for two years because Bain yeah. was in the Mavericks backyard and Donnie never went to see him play. And that's where I think I've talked about it a few times. I feel like this is a team that is realistically more a team that we've seen. We would, we should have seen in Luca's second year. Uh, where guys are just really young, need more yep. experience, but you still have a mixture of old veterans. And I think ultimately, I, I I get everyone's perspective, and but I also don't think, like, the thing that we've seen in the short amount of time from this front office is I don't think they're afraid to make moves. I think they'll make a move if they need to. Yep. But I also don't think it's it's very much like the other front. Like, you mentioned Donnie. I think Donnie was the kind of GM where it was like, oh, I'm just going to make a move. Like, yep. he's, we need to make a move, I'll make a move, where it feels like, Nico, he's made bad moves. I'm not going to completely defend him, but it feels like he's more opportunistic in that sense where it's like if there's something that they feel is worth the value, then they'll make it like to you mentioned what would teams trade for. I think the Warriors are markedly worse than the Mavericks, I would say at this point. I think they would trade for Tim just because they badly need shooting, but what would you get? I think the best you could hope for is Moses Moody, who I think is a pretty good player. Yeah, and but are you going to throw that guy in your lineup as, yeah. you're, as you're questing for a – outside of the play-in seed and mm -hmm. like we would love to say yes but if he's not going to play the guy you know lively sort of made the case but most wings and you know most players just don't they just don't have like like they they progress is not a a you know i always tell my i'm i'm involved in a non-profit fundraising and i always have to explain to the person above me or i'm like you're not you're like the growth chart is not like this you don't always i'm sorry oh. it, it it, it, I should be doing it the other way because of the way, yeah. sorry, yeah, free hands. But it's not always like pod, like you, there are regressions. No. There are things where you take steps back and player development is usually that way. I mean, exactly. Like you think about it, the, I think Kuminga is a higher draft pick than Moody, but you're seeing Moody play better for them. Like that's just not expected. I haven't seen them play. I'm not going to lie. But he's been better for them than Kuminga. And, but part of it is the argument is that Kuminga doesn't get enough chances. Right. Sure. Ultimately the point is, even if you get a young guy, it doesn't guarantee that even if that young guy fits the archetype of what you want, it works. That's right. But you need to have bites at the apple. And so I don't know. I'm not that worried about this team. Like if you told me at the beginning of the season, we were going to be what 15 and eight going through this point, And we had multiple injuries through this point. I would have been like, there's no way I would have believed you. And I think it's positive that they have this start. My only concern is that they keep it up, but it helps that there's like a mixture of games that are a little easier, but December is a brutal stretch and ultimately not that worried. I think it just takes time, right? It's just the frustrating thing is it takes time and I get it. Um, we, we always, we want things now and I don't blame anyone. And I think the THJ stuff is reasonable, right? I think I, I there, there was talk about THJ being traded. So I don't think it's one of those things where the team looks at THJ as an unmovable piece. I think it's, you need to get value for him and, and obviously everyone values things differently like i would love og but i also think Masai is someone who's not going to trade these people unless he gets like ever oh, right stop. oh yeah i just don't think it's going to happen and i think maybe I, I think tim gets traded i think more likely i think it's next year where he expiring like a true expiring, expiring. yeah and expiring yeah. and it's a team who's like oh we just really need shooting like honestly i think it could be a team that's like kind of young where it's like a orlando or 
I don't know. Like Orlando's a- the team. Yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of the team where I think that he ends up. That's that's an interesting one. I just mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I Harold makes a strong case to 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 where I don't necessarily agree with everything, but it's like if his point to me is like that if you're lying on THJ this much, how far are you going to go? And like no, that's, I, that's a good one. That's been the case for two years. Like we saw it against the Clippers several years ago. It's like when THJ dies, the offense died. I don't even disagree. I think THJ when he's he's hot when he's like on a mark when he's boiling like he's hot. There's no one as good as him in in a way, but you can't rely on that because it's not consistent, right? The best players are not only great, but they're consistently great. And Tim, unfortunately, for as great as he's been, he's just not always consistent. And I get it. I don't I don't even advocate for the idea that you need Tim to be such an important player all the time. But I also think moving off of him, like I want Omax to play as much as anyone, but I also know for as good as Omax looked at Memphis, Memphis is a different proposition to the Lakers or, or Minnesota. And, you know, it's very rare that, you know, you just have a guy put in that role and then immediately fill in. So I'm not completely mad. And I I get, I think the team is just going to be opportunistic about it. And the other thing is, I think like we've been so frustrated with this team for not having turnover. I think sometimes having, like it's a balance, right? You need to have fresh blood every year. You need to have fresh people in the in the door every year, but you can't just make wholesale changes in a year and then expect it to like work. Because I think of Phoenix, like think about that Phoenix team. That team is so different from what they were last year. That's right. And in a way, I think that's good and bad because you don't have any consistency from what it is. And it's good because, okay, you have some new players and you can do new things, but it's like, is that really going to work? So to me, I... It, it, it's a balancing act, right? This team needs to still continue to add players and improve the roster, but it shouldn't completely shun anyone who's on the roster that is contributing. Like I, I wouldn't want to see the team give up on like Dante or um, Derek Jones Jr. or anyone just because of a few month bad months or whatever, but we'll, we'll have to see. I think it's a long waiting game. And I think Portland will be a good, you know, kind of get right game again. And it helps that, they've been winning for a while. So I don't think this is necessarily right. a bad thing to take away. Oh man. Thank you so much for waiting to talk. No, no problem. I'm happy. I, I want more new people to come. So that's that, right. That's right. <laughs> well, this up. was, this was probably a, you know, the, the folks who were telling me and, and for those listening over audio, they're like, I'm tired of this YouTube talk, but it's, it's interesting because if I want to do these sorts of live shows, you want to have volume in the room. You want to have people, you want to have bites at the apple. It's, it's, you know, customer base type funnel stuff. And, you know, we have people who are hanging out, folks that are probably not never going to want to talk, but then you get, you know, one person every now and again who wants to hop in and that's great. I mean, this is easy to do. You talk basketball for 15 minutes and then you can probably like not go check social media for two hours, which is what I used to do helps. before I did these things. I, yeah. yeah if you're ever on the audio, you want to come up and join. Please do. Join. Yeah. That's when- right. Everyone who wants to listen to takes, man. Takes are fun. Yeah. <laughs> Even if you disagree with them, it's fun to listen to some takes. Oh, that's right. I mean, and I've, I've pulled, you know, from Mavs Moneyball, there's like four to five writers who started out doing these shows. And I was like, hey, come, you know, come write, come hang out. That's and it's cool. just, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like there's a, I don't, I don't mean to be insulting to the, to the real actual beat reporters, but like for people that are our age and basically when I say our age, I mean, anybody under the age of 45, like kind of gen Z, gen X and below you spend enough time on the internet to where you know how to communicate over the written word. And it's like, you can do that. You can then talk in person. And it's, it's a little bit of the touch grass movement. I mean, these, these shows can be fun. Um, so, you know, if you're listening on the audio show at some point Friday or over the weekend, you know, consider joining the YouTube page. Cause we'll do another one of these Saturday night. Um, my wife is coming home tomorrow, so I won't have to uh, to attempt to hold the fort down. But luckily, this wasn't too bad. I don't know why little man here is actually just like sleeping straight he through. Likes the takes. He loved that Steph Curry take. Babies, babies are so. I I just can't. You know, second kid, I can't understate how freaking gross and confusing babies are. I mean, they're wonderful. Don't get me wrong, too. But it's just like he's upstairs sleeping, and I'm watching on the monitor, and all of a sudden he like tenses up and goes. <laughs> like a parent like a pterodactyl and i'm like what the what happened you're just you're lying there i don't know my parents used to tell me i used to laugh when i got tired instead of crying it's just laugh hysterically and then like, like the drunk like a drunk person it's good stuff Basically, i used to laugh and then drop dead asleep and they were so confused well guys we'll be back uh krishna will probably be back he comes to at least two out of every three shows um thanks Thank so much for uh for hanging out man i appreciate Thank you. you take care
All right. So to close out the show here, um, thanks so much for spending part of your night with me. Uh, we'll be back on Saturday night. Josh Bo will hopefully join. Uh, tell your friends, tell your colleagues, tell your enemies. We should hang out here on the Pod Maverick podcast, either on YouTube or subscribing in the way you get your shows. This has been Kirk Henderson. Everybody have a great Friday, and we'll talk on Saturday. Bye, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.